Ah, yes. I hear bay waters lapping with low sounds by the shore. And that can mean only one thing. Cousin Rick is calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk. Good morning, Cousin Rick. Good morning, Archie. All right. Well, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay, but you had that little hesitation in the intro. I was almost uh, jumping in ahead of time. Yeah, well, that was on purpose, of course. <laughs> it's part of our unrehearsal for this show. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, let's see. Do you have a ride of the week for us? Yes, the ride of the week. It's an old friend. It, uh, we've had this vehicle before, but we have one of the latest versions now. It's the Lincoln Corsair, the small luxury crossover it's the all-wheel drive reserve edition that's the reserve level of luxury and it's got a 2.3 liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine which gives you 295 horsepower and it's hooked up to an eight-speed automatic transmission okay and that combination gives you EPA numbers of 21 miles per gallon city, 28 highway, and 24 combined. And uh, that's about in the range I was getting, driving it around on the highway, mostly up, up towards the uh, the highway number. And the vehicle itself uh, weighs uh, 3,800 pounds. So that combination gives you uh, that mileage, and it's... Uh, Beefy enough that we get a five-star safety rating from the government, five-star safety rating. Okay? It's got, ours is Asher Gray. Okay? And the interior is uh, leather-trimmed ebony. Okay? And some of the features, it's got a uh, power front seat. With lumbar support, and it even I think it'll even give you a massage on your way. That's for the driver, and uh, even the passenger seat has power lumbar. The uh, second row has sliding uh, captain seats, which uh, allows for adjustment and uh, you know moving uh, around for to accommodate your your comfort in that seat. It's got a Revel audio. 14-speaker system, okay? And it's got adaptive suspension, which helps with the handling. It's a, ni a nice car to handle. It's more, it's, uh, it's more luxury than SUV in terms of uh, you wouldn't go off-road that much with this, but uh, when you're going, you're going in luxury, okay? And uh, it's got a, well, it e even gives you a spare Spare mini spare tire, but they're going to charge you 150 bucks for that. And uh, the base price is $45,098 with options and delivery charge minus uh, some discount here of uh, $750. The total is $56,985. And uh, what I found interesting one it, one feature I don't like. It's got a push button transmission, but I think if you own the car, you'd get used to that. Because uh, I like I like a, a lever there. If you put your hand down, you more or less know what gear you're in. But uh, that's more for uh, 
us drivers who like to drive a stick and rather than an automatic transmission. But what's interesting that I found are the controls on the steering wheel, okay, that uh, you have. The, it's a heated steering wheel, by the way, which is great in the, in, the, in the frozen northeast here when we had a blizzard the other day. The vehicle's all-wheel drive, but uh, we were encouraged not to go driving in the whiteout conditions last Friday or last Saturday. So the, uh, the road crews did a great job around here clearing the roads, so it wasn't all that sloppy when we went out uh, driving the car. So we, we couldn't really do it in deep snow because they, they cleared the roads so quickly. We had about, we had nearly two feet of snow here in Needham. And, but getting back to uh, the controls on the steering wheel, the, uh, there's two bumps on, at about 10 and 2 position on the wheels where you have grips for your hand. And the, the bump on the left at the 10 o'clock position has the button that activates the voice-activated features in the car, which, if you're driving along, you, uh, you don't have to take a hand off the wheel to activate a button somewhere. It's right under your thumb. Now, when you first get the car, sometimes you inadvertently hit that, but I think if you were to buy this car and, and drive it over any longer period of time, more than I've had it for a week, you'd get used to knowing that that button is on the steering wheel under the grip. And then another feature, which at first I didn't really like, but it's it's kind of interesting, is the radar cruise control, the adaptive cruise control. Usually there's uh, a, a set of controls on one side of the steering wheel that you can push with uh, one using one hand, that you, but you sometimes have to look at it to see which button you're pushing. But the, uh, the Lincoln has if you, on the lower part of the steering wheel, if you extend your hand while gripping the wheel, you can touch three switches with the right hand for the cruise control and three other switches with the left hand. You, you just uncurl your fingers from the wheel and just reach over to the center, and you can feel these switches that if you were to own the car, you wouldn't even have to look at them in order to uh, adjust the radar cruise control, like cancel or resume or increase speed or lower speed or change the distance to the car in front of you. And so uh, that's kind of a neat uh, user interface feature that uh, at first I looked at it and said, gee, they put the part of the controls on one side of the wheel and part on the other. But by using that, you can use your fingers to... Uh, it's kind of like uh, once you learn how to keyboard, you can you can use that for uh, not taking your eyes off the road and controlling the uh, the radar uh, adaptive cruise control. So that's the ride of the week this week, the Lincoln Corsair all-wheel drive reserve edition. All right, very good. And uh, anything else automotive today? Yes, from uh, this is from Ford, and it's out your way. It's from Ford and the Sonoma County Wine Growers. Hmm. Okay. Ford and uh, it's called uh, Ford Pro is the company's electrical initiative and software and artificial intelligence initiative. And they've teamed up with Sonoma County Wine Growers to put
put an experimental program in three of the vineyards where they'll be furnishing F-150 lightning pickup trucks. That's the electric pickup trucks along with electric transit cargo vans and along with the Ford Pro software. And uh, they'll be installing charging stations in various spots at these vineyards. And they're going to do a study in uh, these three vineyards to see how uh, productivity, sustainability, because they're using all electric power, and uh, fleet costs can be trimmed by up to 10 to 20 percent. So that's a, an interesting electric vehicle effort out there in Sonoma County. So maybe they'll name some wines after uh, some electric features. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? Yes, sir. What, a light, lightning Chardonnay? <laughs> yeah, but that, that sounds like it should be more of a... Uh, a whiskey type. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> White lightning. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, that's good to hear. I like that. I like that's happening in, in, in my backyard, as it were. And uh, mm. now, now you uh, mentioned, I just, uh, if you could, maybe you could touch on this again, because wasn't there, there was some development that, that's enabling or going to enable batteries to have, what was it, like something, something like five times the capacity of uh, current batteries? Oh, so you know, I mean for electric vehicles? Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There. Well, you know, there's new battery chemistry and uh, cathode and anode chemistries there, and also, uh, you know, charging software and uh, to be making progress. So that that's coming along. We've talked about that before, but right. How long before it takes to scale those up and put them in production and make sure that they're robust enough for uh, electric vehicles that have to operate either in the cold, the cold of the the northeast, or the the desert of the southwest. Right, but uh, yes, progress mm. is definitely being made, though. Mm. All right, um, let's see anything else automotive? No, not really. But we can okay. go on with the agriculture that we've talked about there. That is an Israeli company, Tevel Aerobatics. They've come up with a system using uh, drones to harvest fruit. Now, their premise is that in many parts of the world, there's fewer people to pick fruit. And the fact that uh, the cost of uh, uh, these workers coming in, it's only seasonal. So the, uh, the cost can be high, fairly high for seasonal work. And then you have to get the people in and house them and so on. And what they've come up with is a system that uses a uh, robot electric cart that has four drones that fly up. They're using artificial intelligence and cameras to find where, say, you have apples that are, that are ripe and ready to be picked. There's a little arm on there with what looks like a gripper of the, or suction cup that'll pick the fruit if it's ripe and then fly it down and drop it on a compartment on the back of the drone, which looks like a, a typical farm cart. And uh, this, they say you could, be, you could use this at night. It could pick 24 hours a day. 
and harvest the fruit. And uh, when uh, this gets posted at rpmnewsweekly.com, when they put our podcast up, you might find a link to their video showing these things, the cart going down the the row between some fruit trees with the drones flying up on either side, plucking the fruit and then putting them on the cart. They, they, the one thing I noticed is that they, they kind of drop the fruit onto the cart. Now, if the cart has a soft bottom, it probably won't do any problems. But once you get enough fruit on there, they may be banging into each other. So maybe rather than dropping them from a few inches above the cart, they would actually place them in the cart. But that that's one uh, another drone agricultural application. Hmm. All right. Okay. Interesting. Okay, uh, what else do you have for us today? Well, kind of like in the uh, autonomous aircraft application, there's uh, two concepts for autonomous cargo delivery. And uh, basically, it's using drones to fly cargo over various distances. And, uh, you know, we've talked about Amazon using quad rotors in various test programs. But a company called Elroy Air has teamed up with Mesa Airlines, who they say has ordered 150 of these things. And uh, this drone is... Basically, it looks like a big radio-controlled airplane. It's got a wingspan of about 28 feet. It weighs about uh, 1,300 pounds, and they say it can carry uh, 300 to 500 pounds of cargo up to 300 miles. And it, uh, it has propellers that lift it off the ground and then propellers facing forward that that uh, carry it on its wings to go the 300 to 500 miles distance. And it uses a small little turbine engine to to drive electric generators to run all the motors that work all the propellers. And the the whole idea is that it, it carries up to 300 pounds, goes 300 miles, but the first uses it would be for would be, say, uh, emergency medical uses where you have, say, you have an organ for a transplant. It has to be transported really quick. And so you can do this up to 300 miles, put this, uh, put the, the organ in its container in, a pot, in the pod underneath uh, that the, air, the airplane taxis over it, attaches the pod and flies off to where it's going. And they say this concept could also be used maybe in areas of the world where there's maybe a natural disaster where you have to get medical supplies a short distance and there's not much infrastructure or maybe there's flooding and roads are washed out, whatever. And also it may have military uses to uh, ship small packages uh, a couple hundred miles. And so that's from Elroy Air. Hmm. And similar to that, another company called Nautilus, which I believe is a, a California startup out there in the Bay Area, they've come up with a larger cargo drone. And this looks like a, uh, it's what we call a blended wing body. It, it, 
kind of looks like uh, a Dorito that's puffed up. You know, it's like a triangle that's very thick. And so the the body is this thick triangle, and it flies through the air with small wings on either side. And this would... Uh, this this is the the size of a small airliner, like a, a Beach nineteen hundred, and it uh, because of the shape of the body, they claim they can get fifty percent more cargo volume inside rather than a a tube and wing type airplane. And this is they're looking to fly this thing's this thing a little over a thousand miles with about 8,000 pounds of cargo in it. And, uh, again, this would be a concept that would have to uh, get FAA approval to fly autonomous vehicles in the national airspace. And eventually they want to build an even bigger one that can go into continental distances up to uh, 5,000 miles. Hmm. But but let's take one step at a time. Right. Okay, um... Anything else you have for us today? Oh, that's a wrap for today. That's a wrap. Okay. You got to get your, your mind wrapped around all this stuff. Glad yeah. we could get together. Yeah, glad we could get together. Yeah, a lot of anonymous stuff here. You know, drone uh, drone uh, fruit picking and drone cargo <laughs> oh, delivery. Right. And, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, you know, all of us are going to be uh, obsolete. You <laughs> Well, not really. We'll have no, different jobs. Yes, actually, better jobs, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of these things come along, and uh, it's amazing how, you know, the vision for a technology is out there, and usually the short-range vision goes longer than people think, and the long-range vision comes sooner. And then in between, somebody comes up with a whole different use for whatever they're talking about, and... Uh, Things move right along. Right, right, right. That's our thought for the day. Okay, very good. Okay, glad we could get together. <laughs> I'm stealing your lines. <laughs> All right. Okay, so that was Cousin Rick calling in from Needham, Massachusetts, with Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Newtopian Dream.